Welcome to the Estate Planning Project. My name is Mary Bart, Chair of Caregiving Matters. Our purpose with this project is public education on a wide range of estate planning topics. With a growing aging population, unprecedented wealth transfer from one generation to the next, and the dramatic rise in estate litigation, the need for estate planning public education has never been greater. This is a technology-based project that is producing podcasts, articles, and blog posts. As a social collaborative initiative, experts such as lawyers, estate planners, and financial planners will share their thoughts and ideas on a wide range of estate planning topics. This project offers general information only and is not a substitute for seeking personalized professional advice. And our podcast title for today is called Estate Planning is for Everyone. Our guest expert to help us with this topic is Dean Dunbar. Dean is a financial security advisor, an elder planning counselor, and an investment representative. And Dean works out of Fergus, Ontario. I'd like to tell you a little bit about Dean. Dean offers expert advice that works for you now and in the future because financial freedom should leave you room for you to live. This means having control over your money, doing what makes you happy, and focusing on your family, not just your pocketbook. It means following your heart and not being afraid to change your mind. Dean can help you with every step, every decision, and every success. Through comprehensive analysis, in-depth market research, and the support of a team of highly qualified tax and product specialists available to Dean, he is able to help you achieve your financial freedom. So welcome, Dean, to our project. Thank you, Mary, and uh, thanks for inviting me to be part of the state planning conversation. You know, my work over the last 30 years, it's allowed me to meet with many Canadian families as a financial security advisor, more recently as an elder planning counselor and a certified executor advisor. And that experience has allowed me to be able to pass on the advice to Canadian families one at a time. But I've got to congratulate you on your project here with this resource every Canadian can have access to this 24-7. So congratulations, Mary. Well, thank you, and thank you for joining our project. And I'm sure people will have a lot of interesting thoughts and reflect on what we're going to talk about today. So, Dean, I do have a series of questions. And since our topic is estate planning is for everyone, what does that really mean? That's a great question, Mary. And for me, I work from a basis of a very simple principle to make it easy for Canadians to understand what this planning process is all about. I look at it as the Boy Scout rule. And traditionally, Boy Scouts were being prepared and to leave the campsite in a better place than you found it. And if I can work on those two principles with people on why estate planning is so important, it's you want to be prepared and you certainly want to leave things in a better place than they were before you were there. Today, anybody who has acquired any level of asset or wealth, once you've opened a savings account, you've got your first job and maybe there's some benefits, maybe you've purchased a car or other assets or value or things of meaning, 
your prized possessions, or you have someone or something that you care about and are concerned about what happens after you're gone. It's time then to consider an estate plan because you've already started building your estate. As you mentioned earlier, we're in a very unique position in our Canadian history with an aging population and a wealth transfer of trillions of dollars from generation to generation. It not only makes sense, but is an urgent call today for Canadians to take action and do more work about planning for their estate and their futures. You know, I do this high school literacy course in our local high school, and it's an interesting class to work with 17 and 18 year old students. And one day I decided that we were going to work on a will. So there we were, 9.15 on the Wednesday morning, and 17 and 18 year olds were taking the opportunity seriously to actively set out their estate plan and create a will. It was a fascinating discussion, and you would think with so little resources at such a new age and time in life, this wasn't going to be important to them, but it was really meaningful for them because anything they owned, any asset that they had, was an important thing for them at that point in time. There was one student in particular I want to mention. It was a female student, and her prized possessions were her cat and her car and her bank account. And when we were talking and dialoguing about what she should or shouldn't do with those assets, she originally thought that she was going to give her sister her cat and leave her brother with her car. Well, her sister was heading off to university this next year, so leaving the cat to her sister didn't really seem to make a lot of sense because the cat wouldn't be able to travel with her to university. So, in our discussions, she reworked things and thought things through and better placed that the car should go to her sister and the cat should go to her brother. Then I asked her an important question. Have you talked to them about this decision and what would happen? Would your brother be willing to take on the cat as a responsibility? And then I happened to mention the bank account she had. Would it be easier for your brother to take on the cat as a consideration if there was funding available for him to look after the cat? And she thought that was brilliant, and we had continuous discussions about that. Then I asked the students at the end of the class to take this project home and discuss that with their parents. And not shockingly, coming back to the class the next week, we uncovered that, as is across the board in stats can numbers, less than 50% of the adult population has a will today. And their own parents, these students' parents, are very much in line with those same stats. I'm so glad, Dean, that you mentioned that example of working with the students at the high school because not only did you help them clarify their assets and their wishes, but you encouraged them to go home and to speak with their parents and their families. And I think that SPEAR has the importance of families to have these important conversations. I can't agree more with the family discussion is vital to all of this. It's been my experience in my 30 plus years with this that it's the communication that is the most critical factor to the planning process. It's not just good enough to have something written down. It needs to be discussed. It needs to be digested. It needs to be reviewed. It needs to be given some opportunity for growth and experience to come into play. And then by talking with the family members, the key people that are involved, what I find in my personal experience is that what often happens is there are many dialogues going on. The typical example would be, mom said this to me at Christmas time, and another sibling saying, well, no, at Easter, mom said this to me, and now we've got a dispute between the two conversations and what mom really wanted to see in place. So where I tend to lead the conversation is to bring the family members together 
so we can have a unified conversation once it's already in that once mom has already decided what she wants to see happen what her wishes are then we have this table discussion and it's recorded so that every member of the family gets to hear the same message once and eliminate a great deal of stress mistrust miscommunication so all family can be on the same page at the same time and that's great and that helps me lead into my next question we did talk about communication but why don't people have estate plans and what could happen if they don't yes it could be a lifetime's work for me my 30 years in this business i could work the rest of my days trying to move the bar in this matter further and further it's the old human condition of procrastination. There are so many things people would rather do than to consider estate planning, because really what are we talking about? We're talking about someone's passing, someone's death. And that's a tough thought to hold or tough thought to have and to want to bring it forward in the discussion piece. But I think in my 30 years of experience, I've seen us move. We are no longer in an age where that's forecasting someone's demise. I think we can be open and honest about the fact that death is part of life and that we all need to be responsible for our part of life. And in that, it would allow people to go through a process. And it's an overwhelming process for most because they don't have the tools or the skill sets to go through it. I liken it to opening up that garage door and seeing a garage filled with things and your job is to reorganize the garage. Most people's cases, they'd roll their eyes and roll the garage door back down, walk away and go play golf or something else because anything's easier to do than, than that. And I get it. So that's part of my work is to work with my clients so we can actually make the process a little easier. Take it bite by bite, bit piece at a time, and work on it steadily until we get to a point where we have a document that's ready to be made legal. And when you start estate planning with your clients, where do you actually start in putting it together? We start with an initial conversation, and that can vary from people's positions. And most of the time where I find my typical client conversation comes from is that after a significant life event has occurred. So if there's been a death in the family or someone's friend or they've been presented with the idea of estate planning and it's created a disturbing factor in their own mind that they haven't taken care of their own situation. That's where my conversation starts with my clients. I run through a, a document referred to as an estate planning inventory asset plan. And what that allows us to do is to walk step by step through two key pieces of information, which are the, the hard data information. That would be the physical things, the assets, the property, all those tangible things that most of us can relate to. And once we've accumulated and organized that inventory, then we talk more about the soft data. These are the intangibles. These are more of the wishes and the wants and the way things should be. What makes the person feel good about the process? And those can often be very difficult questions because it's asking life and death situational questions to people. But it's so important in the process because it's your wishes. And it goes back to the model of the Boy Scout rule. It is your life. You should be the one making decisions about what should happen and what needs to happen to those things that you leave behind, those people that you leave behind. And to me, that's a sacred document and discussion piece to be having. It's not held at one meeting. It's held over many, many meetings, over many days, weeks, and months. 
And what it does is allows my clients to mull this over, digest this, and to see it through because this is a legacy benefit here that we're creating. And the important factors are to make sure that it fits well with who you are and what's meaningful to you. An example that I can use for you is a client that I'll call Hannah. When I first met Hannah, her husband had passed away and Hannah had already had a will made for herself that was probably about 10 years old. And most people would then, you know, wipe their hands clean and think that they've done the job. But for me, estate planning is more than just that one document. There's more to be involved in the process. I do a workshop and presentation that I will refer to what the will doesn't say, and there's so much more. And much of that are those soft facts or soft data that I just mentioned earlier. So with Hannah, we had this discussion, and first thing that came out from the discussion was that she was unhappy with the choices that she had made for the power of attorney. And then further on in the discussion, she told me that much of the family that she was dealing with were really long-distance family. She had no children of her own, so it was really nieces and nephews that she hadn't seen in years. And over the course of time, we continued to discuss what her wishes were. And for many people, that's a difficult question to ask because, well, one, nobody's ever asked, and two, many people don't feel that they have an entitlement or don't know what to think, so they need time to plan and prepare what that might be. So in Hannah's case, after deciding that she really did need to change her will, uh, she made a, a significant choice difference. She decided to go away from the family as the beneficiaries. She said to me, they would all receive little something in the will, but she thought it was less meaningful than maybe if she put all of the assets together and decided to leave it to a couple of charities that she had that she felt very strongly about. And in the process, in this dialogue and discussion, we were able to accumulate the assets so we knew what was there, and then we were able to put the soft facts together, what the wishes were for the client and who the important people would be. So in this case, she needed to make some changes for her powers of attorney and for her trustees or estate executors. And in helping her do that, not only did you walk her through a logical process, I'm assuming, but mm -hmm. I bet what you really did was give her great peace of mind and great confidence that she had done the right thing with her assets and the person who would be named in her power of attorney documents would presumably know her, know her wishes and values and beliefs. And so that is something that she could always look back and say, you know what, Dean walked me through this process to a stronger more sound plan, and I bet you felt wonderful for helping her. It, it's very satisfying for me to know that I can help in some small way for all of my clients. To me, that's key in all of this, is to help people along in a process that they're not familiar or comfortable with. My planning process, my team, and the way we operate is to be there through every stage possible for our clients. So if it's part of the building of the plan, being a sounding board, being words of advice or counsel for someone, then we're happy to do so. If it's about putting the pieces together and creating the plan, I'm not a lawyer, but we make the plan prepared so they can be made legal. And then we work through the plan with the family once it's been made legal. And the key to that is we don't leave it there. We work on the back end of the plan, which is when the family is now dealing with the plan, 
So once we've had the family discussion, and once that person has passed, we're there to advise the executors on how to process and how to work through that plan. The example that I can use for you is clients of mine that were with us up to the last couple of years ago, that would be Larry and Vi. They had made arrangements. They had done the due diligence necessary, put the plan together, and there was this big note in the file that said to their daughter, Sally, when the time is right, call Dean. He will know what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And all we worked from there was the executor guide that we have. And so Sally and I sat down. We started from the part of the funeral arrangements and work right the way through to seeing the estate concluded. And she had a guide that she and I would refer to on a daily basis, weekly checklist of things that needed to be done. So she had a timeline and spectrum of when she needed to see things accomplished and what were the next stages. So she was reducing the stress levels for herself because she'd never walked through this. Most Canadians today don't complete their own tax returns, and yet they're usually in charge as executor or, or estate trustees in something far more complex than a simple tax return. So if we can be there for our clients and their families, it's an honor to do so. And that's a really great story because if someone is named as an executor, they are most likely emotional, they are grieving, and to have somebody like you help them navigate through the legal and the financial paperwork that's ahead of them and setting timelines and expectations that are real would have been a huge benefit to Sally. And she, I bet, would have been lost without your help. Yes, it was very gratifying to see and to see the stress removed. I mean, it's a very difficult emotional time filled with paperwork that most people can't understand or want to relate to at a very challenging and difficult time. So if we can walk through a family in a situation like that and help them ease the stressors, Wow, what, what a difference it does make and so fulfilling on all parties to see things moving along and that people are in a better place today. And so to follow up on that in terms of moving things along, what do you do with an estate plan? What we suggest first off is that once we've organized the assets, we've got the wish list and we've got the family tree and the important people of trust in place that we know and we're secure with, we have the discussion with the family and, and the important people because it's, it's not just good enough to build a plan and put it in writing. It's important for the people that are on the other side of the plan to know and be involved in the plan. Just like I mentioned about that 18-year-old student from the school, it's important to go and talk to the people you want to see in place, know what their role is, two, have they agreed to accept the role, and what I find personally is that when they know there's a solid plan in place, it's far easier for someone to accept the role knowing that there's good structure here, I've got support, I won't have to walk this alone. This will be a lot easier because there's all the things that need to happen in place for the client and their family. From that point, we continue to monitor and review the plan. And I suggest normally every three to five years that the plan be reviewed. Many of these documents tend to be static documents. They're written at one point or time, but life isn't static. Life is far more organic. And when life happens, the plan needs to be updated and changed. And oftentimes, I'm finding new clients whose wills are 10 or 20 years old, 
and so much has happened in their life that the will is really less meaningful today than it's ever been before. And those changes or adjustments need to happen so that everything is current and taken into account. Well, that's great information. And my last question for you, Dean, is this. What advice and recommendations do you have for those who are trusted with the estate plan? First off, know what your role is in the estate plan. It's a huge honor, but it's a huge liability and obligation. Know what you're getting yourself into. Ask for the right information, the documents that will help you seek advice and counsel from people who have gone before you, people like myself, other professionals, accountants, lawyers, those sorts of individuals who can aid and guide you along the process. Follow a checklist format so that you know you are staying in pace. Uh, the change in legislation in Ontario in 2015 has caused a huge change for the role of an executor, creating greater liabilities than ever before, responsibilities than ever before. And it's, it's imperative at this point that someone taking on this role really understands what they're getting themselves into and following a process that's proven out for themselves. The other things that I suggest that they do is talk to the other people that are going to be involved really get to know the heart of the matter. As you mentioned earlier, know what the wishes are. Know this person so well that you could make the decision so easy on their behalf, and it will make things so much easier and more effective to work from that process. Well, good, and thank you for that. And, Dean, I'd like to wrap up by personally thank you for joining our project, for sharing some of the insights that you have shared with your clients for over 30 years and could you please share your contact information okay you can reach me at dean dunbar you can reach me uh, email at dean.dunbar at freedom55financial.com my phone number here is toll free 1-877-843-0698 you can also reach me on my website for parallel estate and executor services.com and parallel in state insurance services at 1226-383-1201. Well, thank you for that. And I'd like to wrap up by saying we have thoroughly enjoyed having you on our project and people will be able to listen and learn and hopefully contact you to further their conversations about their estate plans. Thank you.